Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday, a Greg Cosell day. Get excited. Presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sports book app. And boy, oh boy, they have a ridiculous UFC 264 offer. I'll tell you after we talk with Greg Cosell, who's after I give out winners. That's what I do at the end of the week. Winners. I want winners. I want people that want to win. You know, a lot of you have heard Mike Singletary say that for years. And yet you still don't want to be a winner. You still don't want to get in the best ball draft against me and Joe Dolan, which is going to be epic. I love dominating my listeners in best ball drafts. I love talking trash to you guys. All you have to do is be the first one that takes advantage of the Warby Parker try-on that I talked about yesterday with Andrew Brandt. Send it to me, and boom, you got it. I love spread the word winner. Whether that's this week, Will Kraus, K-R-A-U-S. He just liked one of our posts on Instagram. It wasn't me at Ross Tucker NFL. It was at Ross Tucker Pod. Just follow. If you like one of the posts, you got a great chance to go ahead and get a signed picture or card or press pass, whatever you want. I tweeted the other day, and I put on Instagram, my card is like, Worth a lot. I, I don't really know why, but my card from 2002, at least, or 2003, is like worth more than a lot of guys that were better football players than me. I'm not exactly sure why, or at least had better careers. And I was asking that question on social media. We've got the sponsor confirmation email winner, who is Scott Munchinski. Raycon earbuds. Dudes, I've been spending a lot of time at the beach this summer. And I've been riding my bike a lot. Raycon earbuds are a game changer. If you see me at the beach, I guarantee if I'm riding my bike, my Raycon earbuds are in. I love them. Man, I had no idea how much better they could be. I was using some junk earbuds before. Now I got the Raycons. Woo, they're awesome. Scott, you will love them. The YouTube shout out goes to Coleman Friend. Coleman is a friend of mine. Rip, rip, rip. He can hit it anytime. Rip, 
rip, rip. You guys don't even know what that is. That's actually a softball team, a softball chant from the Paxtonia Pink Puppies. My phone's ringing. I'm doing softball chants because Coleman's last name is Friend, and he signed up for a free subscription to YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I'm shouting him out. He's going to get a cameo-style shout-out that people pay 25 bucks for. You get it for free, Coleman. Just email me, Ross at RossTucker.com. I'll give a shout-out via YouTube to whoever you want me to. We're rolling on a teaching tutorial Thursday. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg, let's start with Nikhil Harry. Before we get into the AFC South, I did want to get your thoughts on the first-round pick for the Patriots a couple years ago who has formally requested a trade. What did you see from him coming out, and what have you seen from him so far in the NFL? Yeah, Harry's one of those guys that I, my guess is was polarizing, Ross, because you'll look at a receiver like that. He's big. He's physical. He had some good run after catch. He showed some body control, some contested catch ability. And you start to think, okay, could he be a Michael Thomas type of receiver? Because he's not a vertical dimension, but people knew that. But then the, on the flip side, some people might look at him and say, you know what? He does not have great quickness in and out of breaks. Uh, he doesn't play quick or fast. He tends to round off his breaks. He was not particularly efficient at the top of his route stem. So he's one of those guys I think you go back and forth on when he came out uh, because he certainly was productive in college and he did have some plays, run after catch plays. But clearly in the NFL, the negatives have shown up more than the positives. And at this point in time, he's not, he's not the receiver that the positives might suggest he could become. So I can't speak to anything about professionalism, work ethic, anything along those lines. But the tape showed positives and negatives, and it's clear that the negatives at this point have outweighed the positives. It feels like, Greg, when people are missing recently on receivers, it feels like it's the contested catch guys that and, – and I'm, I'm generalizing here because right. it's like John Ross who was a deep threat or whatever. So I'm generalizing. I guess all shapes and sizes of receivers – haven't necessarily translated. But it seems like the guys with the speed or the route running, you know, the McLaurins, the Metcalfs, some of these guys, that they've had more success than the Nikhil Harrys, the Ortega Whitesides, and that, you know, these contested catch guys aren't quite as able to do that at the NFL level. Yeah, you know, which is an interesting point because there's a lot of people who believe that at the NFL level, contested catchability is important. Um, but, you know, I think separation at the top of your route stem, and separation is a relative term, obviously, but separation at the top of your route stem is critical. And sometimes these bigger receivers who do not have that kind of quickness, short area separation quickness, they can struggle. And I think that's been one of Harry's issues. Um, you can find the thing is, is you can always find examples, Ross, of big guys who who, uh, who are good. You can find examples of smaller, fast guys who are good. You can always find examples if you want to and say, can he be like that guy? Um, 
you know, DeAndre Hopkins, and I'm not comparing Nikhil Harry to DeAndre Hopkins, but DeAndre Hopkins, I believe, ran a 4.57 or 4.5840. There were concerns about his speed, you know, and, and now we know what DeAndre Hopkins is. He's great. So these things are difficult. And that's why I said he, he's polarizing because you can see positives and you can see negatives. And then it gets down to other factors, which you and I may not be aware of when it comes to other things. But certainly the negatives on tape have shown up far more than the positives. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens with Harry. It's interesting because I want to get into the AFC South with you. And thinking of bigger bodied receivers, let's start with the Tennessee Titans. Although I guess, and I know they can, Greg. I know Julio Jones and A.J. Brown can make contested catches. But that's not really what I think about when I think about those two guys. So those guys are big bodies, big, strong at the catch point. But I don't – I mean, I, I look at A.J. Brown. He kind of reminds me of T.O. a little bit, Julio Jones. I don't look at those guys as being quote-unquote contested catch guys. Is that right or wrong? I would say that's fair. I mean, Julio is just a different cat because Julio is 6'3", 225, and could run. Now, we don't know exactly what he is – now he has some lower body. He's had some lower body injuries. He doesn't practice a lot. So we'll see where he at, is at in his career. But obviously Julio is a first ballot Hall of Fame receiver who he's just a different guy. Um, A.J. Brown is a big physical receiver, but he's he's more than that. He's really good run after catch. In the context of their offense, they used him a ton on in-breaking routes off their play action pass game. Uh, he's very physical and competitive on in-breakers uh, and, and, as I said, had very good run after catch ability. The big question for me about Tennessee's offense, and it's not an easy answer, and people assume it is, but it's not, and I've talked to coaches about this, is this has been a Derrick Henry-based offense. Everything has started with the run game. Henry has led the NFL in carries in each of the last two seasons with almost 400 a year ago. It's very easy to say, oh, well, defenses are in a bind. Are they going to stop the run or are they going to play two safeties deep? It's not a binary equation. Defensive coordinators are smarter than that. So I'm curious as to what their offensive philosophy is going to be because their wide receivers last year, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, as wide receivers go in the NFL, did not have a ton of targets relative to other teams. So it's, it's, it's a philosophy issue, and I'm very curious to see how it plays out. Now, it's always better to have great players to work through your philosophy than lesser players, but it's still something that they have to figure out, and they have a new coordinator in Todd Downey. You know, I guess part of me wonders, Greg, if they look at it and they recognized, well, first of all, they lost Corey Davis, so Julio Jones sort of uh, replaces him. But I also wonder if they recognize that, Derrick Henry only has so many touches, so many carries in him, and that they'd like to, even though they run it through him, not give him quite as many touches, be more of a play-action team, throw the ball a little bit more to save Henry maybe for later in the year or the playoffs. It's a great point, and one thing to keep in mind, Henry, number one, he had far and away the most first-down carries in the league last year of any back. Number two, they like to they, – what they've done in the past – under Arthur Smith, is they ran a lot out of base personnel, two tight ends, three tight ends, a fullback. 
Todd Downing's mentor in the NFL was Scott Linehan. And Scott Linehan was a big believer in 11 personnel, meaning three wide receivers. So that's just something else they have to work through. So again, we don't know the answer to these questions. It's very easy to say, wow, they are so talented. Defenses are in a bind. They averaged over 30 points a game last year. They're not going to average 45 points a game, Ross. You know that. No one does that. So I'm just to me, this is one of the most intriguing storylines of the upcoming NFL season, what this offense will look like. What about the Titans defensively? Because I thought they were disappointing there a year ago. They draft Caleb Farley. They bring in Bud Dupree. They're taking some big swings at some guys with recent injuries. Yeah, and they were poor on defense last year because they couldn't do two things. They couldn't rush the quarterback and they couldn't cover. Um, and they've tried to address that. They brought in a, a player as well you didn't mention who's a very good, versatile D lineman in Nico Autry. But drafting Farley in the first round, bringing in Janoris Jenkins, my sense is since those two players to me are best when they play press man – I would think you're going to see them play more press man coverage on the perimeter because the players can do that. So I, th they need to be better than they were a year ago. Um, they scored a ton. History sometimes tells us that teams don't score like that every single year. So we'll see. Defense is their number one concern right now. Let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And obviously much of the conversation will surround uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, what are you expecting from him in this offense in year one? Yeah, I'm fascinated to see what they do and what their approach is. You know, they drafted Travis Etienne in the first round, and we know what James Robinson did a year ago, but Travis Etienne is a more talented player, <clears throat> excuse me, than James Robinson. Uh, more explosive athlete, can give you more big plays. I know they spent a lot of the offseason with Travis Etienne working outside, but he's a running back. So I'm really curious to see how this plays out because ATN gives you that explosiveness, that dynamic element to your offense. As far as Trevor Lawrence, you know, he'll start. Um, they can say whatever they want right now. He'll be the starting quarterback. You know, they're all this whole line has been together for about three years now, Ross. This is not a patchwork O-line. This is a group, I think it's been two years or three years. I can't remember when Andrew Norwell came from Carolina, but um, – it's it should be a, an improving O-line. Obviously, it's a new coaching staff. Um, Urban Meyer brought in Daryl Bevel. He brought in, uh, I think, Brian Schottenheimer. So <clears throat> we'll see what the approach is offensively. Look, their defense was poor a year ago. The last thing you want to have happen is to ask Trevor Lawrence to have to drop back 35 or 40 times a game because he feels like he has to put up 30 points every week just to compete. So even though the focus will be on Trevor Lawrence, it would not surprise me to see this team really try to run the ball and shorten games, try to control the pace and tempo of games. They have two good backs in Robinson and AT, actually three in Carlos Hyde, and we'll see how all that plays out. But Obviously, the focus will be on Lawrence, but I don't think they're going to ask him to be the driving force of this offense and this team early on. You know, it's a great point, Greg, because they got the last two Seahawks offensive coordinators, and yep. I don't know if it was their philosophy or Pete Carroll's philosophy, 
But they like to run the ball in Seattle, and that was what people always complain about with the let, let Russ cook stuff. No, it's and you're right. And, you know, the thing is, is everybody points to the quarterback, and obviously the quarterback's important, but you've got a whole team. Their defense was really poor last year. Um, they've tried to address it in some ways. Um, obviously, they drafted a corner in the second round in Tyson Campbell, a, a safety from Syracuse, who I really liked his college tape, Andre Sisco, in the third round. But it's essentially the same group up front. They really, you know, they're counting on guys to play better. Um, so we'll see because, like I said, it's easy to look at Trevor Lawrence and it's easy to look at this offense. But you, you can't put a young quarterback uh, in a position where he has to feel that he's got to score 30 every week just to compete. Let's move on then and get to the Indianapolis Colts who, uh, look – I don't know that any of us know what happened to Carson Wentz last year. And I don't know that any of us know what he's going to be this year. I mean, let's start with that, Greg. Yeah. First of all, do you know what happened to him? Like, I, I don't know. I've ever seen, like I said before, last week, I think, I've never seen a quarterback improve, maybe two weeks ago, improve as much as Josh Allen. Greg, I, I swear, I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback deteriorate as much as Carson Wentz did last year. I know there was other factors, but I just don't remember seeing a guy who I thought was one thing be that much worse like he was last year. Yeah. And I can only speak to the tape. I can't speak to the other factors. Um, look, no question. The O-line was an issue. Uh, the Eagles, I believe, had more offensive line combinations than any team in the league and playing with guys, as you know, who were street guys. Um, uh, so, that you can certainly speak to that, but the tape tells you that Carson Wentz was poor a year ago, and that's all you can say. So the question is, can he revitalize his career under Frank Reich, who was there in 2016 and 2017, and when it appeared that Wentz was on his way to being a top three quarterback in this league? Unanswerable. So all we can do is is look at what they are offensively. They do have weapons. Jonathan Taylor became a foundation back over the last seven, eight weeks of last season, getting 20-plus carries numerous times. I assume they'll do the same thing. They have great depth in their backfield with Taylor, Naheem Hines, Marlon Mack is back. Um, I think that their receiving core is an interesting group. I think Pittman will take a big step up, and I don't know what that means in terms of number of receptions, but Michael Pittman is big and extremely talented. Ty Hilton still, uh, T.Y. Hilton still looked very good a year ago at times. Um, I think Paris Campbell's the wild card here because Paris Campbell was a second-round pick in 2019. He's big and he can run. And we know their offensive line is strong. So they, they have Eric Fisher to replace Costanzo. Um, so it really does fall on Wentz, uh, and we just don't know the answer to that, Ross. We just don't know. Um, if he plays well, this could be a really good offense. There's no question about it. What about the Colts defensively, Greg? Yeah, the Colts defensively are really a solid, solid defense, fundamentally sound. Um, I think the question mark would be at corner. They have an older Xavier Rhodes 
and they have Rakyasin right now as the other outside corner. And he did not play well a year ago. In fact, throughout the season, there were times he was benched for TJ Carey on the outside. Um, so Rakyasin becomes an important player because Kenny Moore is one of the best slot corners in this league. People might not know much about him, but he is a really good slot corner. Um, so it, it, to me, it's Rhodes who's getting older. And it's Rakia Sin, who was a second-round pick in 2019, and he needs to, to, to play to his, his draft pe- pedigree. So to me, that's the, the, the number one question mark as uh, we look at their defense. But I think Matt Eberflus does a great job, it really a fundamentally sound defense. They drafted Quiddy Pay in the first round. I'm sure the hope is he just steps in and replaces Danico Autry, who they lost in free agency to the Titans. Finally, Greg, let's get to the Houston Texans. And, you know, this is one of those teams where I almost feel like you got to click on their depth chart because they've added so many people. It's like, who's even still on the team? Like, who's playing for the Texans this year? Yeah, and I don't know, you know, I don't know how we address Deshaun Watson. And obviously no decision has been made by the league. So I don't know if he plays or not, but if he does play, um, you know, they're pretty deep at running back with a good core of running backs with David Johnson. Mark Ingram is there. Philip Lindsay's there. Rex Burkhead is there. Um, the receiving position is interesting as well. Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb. They drafted Nico Collins from Michigan in the third round. Big, long, and can run whether he's ready to play. Who knows? Um, the O-line got better. You know, it, the O-line was a laughing stock there for a number of years. Uh but if you watch the tape, the group got better. You have to keep in mind that Deshaun Watson, as special as he can be, he is one of those quarterbacks that moves when he doesn't need to. And when you move when you don't need to, yes, there are times that you make phenomenal, outstanding, improvisational plays, but you also get sacked more. And it's not the offensive line's fault, Ross, as you well know, being a, an offensive lineman. So uh, if, if Deshaun Watson cannot play, it's a totally different offense. It'll be Tyrod Taylor. And then you'll see a lot more of the design quarterback run game concepts. You'll see a different offense. So we just don't know the answer to that right now. How about the Texans defensively? Another place where they brought a lot of guys in. Yeah, and and, and I think they have some they still have some pretty good players. Obviously, they lost JJ Watt. Um, I think you know, Merciless is still solid. Um, Charles Omenahu is a, is a guy that I think they're counting on to really uh, step up. He's shown flashes of being a multi-positional defensive lineman who can play inside and play outside. Um, they now have Malik Collins, who's who's been a solid three technique throughout his career. Uh, the secondary is, you know, the corner opposite Bradley Roby has, has been a little bit of a concern. It's It's, I guess, still Vernon Hargreaves, but he's – been very up and down in his career, and and I think he would be someone you'd, you'd be a little worried about heading into the season. Check him out on social media, always at Greg Cosell. That's where you can always find this guy's work and what he's doing next. Always love getting his breakdown. Next week, we will wrap it up, I believe, with the AFC West. Really looking forward to it. Greg, thank you so much as always. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Greg is such a legend. I mean, I take so many notes when he's talking. We get so much positive interaction on the YouTube page as well as social media 
for Greg Spots. Can't wait to talk with him next week. Should be amazing. Speaking of amazing, okay, just pick the main event fighter you think will win by first round knockout and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 264 to 1 odds on that fighter. All you have to do is watch the first round. Hope that Poirier knocks out McGregor. If you're a McGregor guy, hope he knocks out Poirier. Put a dollar on it, and you get 264. This is this is one of my favorite promotions they've had. Just make sure when you get the DraftKings Sportsbook app on your phone, you use the promo code Ross so they know your boy sent you. Tuck Stakes. All right. Good morning, Ross. So let's start with a movie. As evidently it came out yesterday, a movie's going to be coming out featuring the story of your Westwood One colleague, none other than Mr. Kurt Warner. Awesome. So I'm a big fan of Kurt's. He's been on the show before. In fact, with this news, I'll probably see if I can get him on again. Um, his life story should be a movie. I mean, the guy was literally bagging groceries playing arena ball, and then he's the MVP of the Super Bowl. It's insane. I'm actually – I don't know how it works, Brian. This would be one of the questions I would ask him. What took 22 years, 23 years? That was 1999. Like, what took so much time? I can't wait to see it. Um, love working with Kurt when he's in the booth and I'm on sideline for Westwood One. It's amazing. I don't know if Westwood One will have sideline this year. Uh, they didn't last year because of the COVID stuff, except for the playoffs. So I was with them for the playoffs. Hopefully I will be again this year because I love it. Tuck Stakes. So Kurt played in a bunch of different leagues like NFL Europe and Arena Ball, but never played in the XFL, which announced that they will return in the spring of 2023 after talks with the CFL were tabled. Look, I mean, Emery and I talked about this recently. I don't really understand why more of these leagues don't team up and pool their resources to take a two- or three- or four-year run at this thing rather than XFL, AAF, this other league, this other league. The thing I like the most about this is that they're waiting until the spring of 2023 because – they got to get their ducks in a row. And I don't know if they're going to have the funding or the deep pockets that they need to really get their ducks in a row. I believe, based on the AAF ratings and the XFL ratings, that a spring football league could survive. I just think you need to do it the right way. Ducks takes. NFL Network reported 68% of the players have gotten at least one shot of the uh, COVID vaccination with three weeks until the start of training camp. Yeah, so wait till they get to training camp and they see how the protocols, how different the protocols are, Bri. We've talked about this a lot, but the protocols are way different for whether you're vaccinated or not. That number is going to go up quickly. You're going to have to feel extremely strongly that you don't want the vaccine to not get vaccinated because it's going to make your life a lot worse. Your day-to-day life, every day getting tested, every day wearing a mask, that that number will be 95% by two weeks in the training camp. Mark my words. 
I hope you're right. Uh, last thing I would say there, by the way, Bry, the NFL has a deal with Twitter, a, a new partnership with Twitter, which I guess is good. I, they've already had it. They're already doing it where the highlights are now available on uh, on Twitter, which is great, exactly what they should do. So I'm glad they mentioned that. I'm glad several of you either are going to try to become the first people to take advantage of the War- Warby Parker free home try-on. Free home try-on if you use my code that I mentioned yesterday. And perhaps I'll even tell you what it is again if I can find it. Well, do you remember what it was, Brian? No, you don't. Yeah, it's a free home try-on trial. Yeah, I meant my code. Yes, it's warbyparker.com slash Ross. Warbyparker.com slash Ross. Free home try-on. In fact, you know what? Two more entries. The first three people that do the home try-on, you're in. You're in the best ball against me and Joe. Warbyparker.com slash Ross. The first three emails I get from people that sign up for the free home try-on. Not even asking you to buy anything. You are in. Can't wait to announce it next Wednesday with Joe. Let's get to an email, Bri. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. The email address is ross at rostucker.com. I love your email questions. I love talking about them. What do you got, Bri? Uh, Ross, what do you think the long-term consequences are going to be for teams that cut players that get injured working out on their own? There will be lawyers. Should we oust the NFLPA president back to the negotiating table? What do you think? That is from Mike. Mike also says, also, you were drinking that froze at the beach and not your wife. It is okay to admit it. I actually was not, Mike. But I have no shame when it comes to drinking girly drinks. Like, I'll have White Claws every once in a while. Uh, If I'm right on the beach, I might have a a Bay Breeze or a Sea Breeze that's pink. Like, I've got no um, masculinity issues when it comes to that. And I actually tried her Frosé. I had a sip of it. It was not mine, but I would enjoy Frosé. Like, I, I, I would drink that. But she is the one that ordered it. Um, I, I, I guess there will be lawyers. They'll try to file grievances for Jawan James and uh, who's the other one, Deshaun Hamilton. I think they'll probably lose. The contract language is very clear. Um, I don't think you'll see players be out of shape. I just think that they might be a little more cautious with some of the things they do. They're not going to get rid of the NFLPA president. They're not going to go back to the negotiating table. It's going to be mainly lawyers and maybe players don't do some of the same things. Good question, Mike. Always love your questions. Always love the shout-outs for our I Think We're Done Here patrons. Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X, and HumanHeadNYC.com. I think we're done here. Have a great weekend, everybody. Got a huge week for you guys next week. Very excited. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.
A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit.